Welcome to Drunken High and Sober, where we show you a wine and a food combination, a strain of weed, and a mocktail throughout the week, so you can join us for a meal on Saturday. We just want everyone to know that we are all of legal drinking and smoking age, and recreational cannabis is legal in Canada. We do not encourage underage drinking or smoking. Please stay within the laws, rules, and regulations in your area. Hi, I'm Miss Felicia J, and I am the drunk one today, and today we are drinking Maumesson Beaujolais Nouveau. Um, we as a group have had many Beaujolais, and we've never had this one. So this one um, is more on the dry side. It's very, very mild flavored. It's definitely not strong or overpowering. Um, sorry, I'm tasting it to help you all out here. I wouldn't um, put it with a you know, big juicy steak. I would do something much more mild with this, which is why we chose this board instead. And either Mayor or Sabrina will say the word because I cannot get this word right. So I'm just gonna call it the board. And this board is amazing. We've got pear, apple, three types of crackers, three types of cheese, a couple different meats, dried apricot, olives, carrots, grapes, strawberries, raspberries, celery, tzatziki, chocolate, bunch of different meats. French onion dip, a whole bunch. Of, yeah, I already said the meats. We have jam. Um, we've got a lot on this. And it's a fantastic board, believe me. But um, this wine does not go with that. Um, I think that the wine you should use with this would be a Pinot, would be a Chardonnay. I think you would more enjoy it. We thought this would be good because we thought about the meats and because the Beaujolais is not necessarily overpowering. But I just don't know if it goes with it. But as we continue speaking today, I will decide... Um, on the other different meats and such and see what it pairs well. That being said, this wine, not my favorite. Yeah, not my favorite. I think I kind of got the short end of the stick today, being the drunk one and drinking this wine, although I will admit that fully popping it out of the bottle and pouring it into my glass, it does taste better upon breathing. Mm -hmm. um, there was a little bit of a sour flavor when we first opened it up and put it into the bottle, I mean, sorry, the glass, and it's... Um, it, that sour flavor is actually milding out, so that's not so bad. And I just want everyone to know that today my glass says, Roses are wet, red, so is my wine. We fill my glass, and I'll be just fine. <laughs> I just want everyone to know what my glass says. So yeah, that's Miss Felicia J. That's my intro. Hi, everyone. Let's do this. So I'm Mara. I'm the high one this week, and we're having a charcuterie board. <laughs> a board. A <laughs> Anyways, um, it's delicious. I have bunchies as always. And today I smoked Blue Dream, a pre roll of Blue Dream. So we got it as a full joint, a one gram joint. And I have to say, I really love this one. I believe it is it's an indica, isn't it? I think it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid. And regardless, um, it has, like, I feel happy, I feel like, they all laughed at me, but I feel like I could go on a run, like, I feel <laughs> No, energized. it was just the way you said it, like, I asked her, do you feel active? And she's like, no, I wouldn't say active, but you know, if I had to get up and do some things, I could, like, I could go for a run. It's like, no, what? we're all shocked, because we don't know Mare to run. I mean, I've <laughs> seen her run, but... Yeah, like, when there's a spider in the basement. Yes. I'm not scared of spiders. <laughs> You jumped just as high as we did. 
Anyways, yeah. It's a sativa dominant hybrid. Yeah, it's a you can feel that it's a sativa. And just for the record, you guys are gonna hear us. I mean, we're eating celery, you're gonna hear that. <laughs> you know, you're gonna hear us. Just now you heard Mayor open a jar. Mm -hmm. You're gonna hear some sounds today, people. Well, we'll try to be more mindful of you all. And we trust y'all are eating with us, so. I'm drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And smoking. Is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, hi, I'm Sabrina, and I am sober today, and I get to enjoy a ginger mojito, which we did using diet ginger ale, honey lime juice, frozen strawberries, and um, I think Mayor also added some minced ginger on top of that. Yeah. And honestly, it's very refreshing. It looks super pretty with the strawberries in it. And they kind of take away a little bit from that sharpness and the sharpness of the ginger and the sourness of the ginger ale. But it's really, really good and honestly, really, really good with the food too. You know, you, you eat the crackers and it's all dry and then you, you drink that refreshing drink and it's definitely a good pairing with that. Today we're going to be talking about family. Family day is coming up and for this podcast we thought we'd keep it pretty light. We don't want to go too heavy. Uh, we all have our family issues and we all have our trauma. But I think that for family day, family day is about celebration. And we should definitely celebrate family. For the family that we have, for the family that we don't, it is so important that we also remember. So I think what we should start with is what family means to me. Like I said, everyone has their own traumas and their own issues, so for me, family is not always blood, but what, but the person. I have family from all over the world, and I love them dearly, and I'm sure they love me too. And we take care of each other, and family is the form of taking care and loving another person enough to have them a part of your life in that way. Um, for me, family is, uh... I think it's a lot of things. It's the people that are there for you. And for me, I have family that is blood-related, and I have family that's not blood-related. And that's something that I've always lived with. Like, I have people who I call uncle who are not blood-related to me, but friends of my father. I have people who I call auntie as, as well who are not blood-related to me, but they are family and have been family to me. So I think family are the people that you share with. Family are the people that you break with family of the people that are loyal and there for you and I think and it's not about blood all the time I think one of the biggest issues people have is that's my family so I must do um, it's something that Mayor and I discuss all the time and constantly have conflicts over because of how far and how deep one takes those things but as a whole for me family is those that come around you in those moments and as I said like family day that's when family comes when you all come around and you have a great time and you know and do these wonderful things that you do together I think that's family mm -hmm. it's a label we give to those who are around us who are more than our friends mm -hmm. I think that's what it is for me yeah I agree with that kind of just using a different label I know Mayor <laughs> knows I like to use the label intimacy less of like the sexual part of intimacy, but rather just, you know, like the little touch that you give someone or that you just squeeze them a little bit tighter. And I think the people that make you want to do those things and just be that little bit more intimate with someone than you would with an acquaintance or a friend, um, 
I think that's what, what family is. They just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah. I think family is hard to define because when you do that, your mind automatically goes to your, your family. Mm -hmm. And then so as you do that, you start to assess the various family members individually but as a whole. And then, you know, there's a few family members that you're like, oh, Lord, not that person. Yeah. <laughs> that person's family because they're family by my blood, you know? Yeah. And so my assessment of who that person is. So that comes into your definition. But then you want to pull it away because you're trying to make a general idea. But it's also the other way around. How, why are some people that I'm not related to by blood, the people that, you know, took me in and cared for me and cared about me more than people that I'm related to by blood ever did? Because you're not allowed, you don't get to choose your family. You see, your family who isn't by blood. Yeah, the family who isn't your family by blood, they chose to love you. But aren't those, by the definitions we just gave, those become family, no? Yes. But you're asking why people that are your blood are less... No, I'm saying, you're saying, am I being influenced, or am I treating someone... Like family because they're my family by blood, or am I choosing to add them to my family? And I think that's where, if you meet, like especially like I had that experience going into coming into this family, and and the fact that everyone just accepted me straight away. There was no question. Like I talked to one person about this, and I have a running joke with another person, and that's just. I don't know, I feel like that's a big part of that too, that you don't have to be related by blood to feel like mm -hmm. they're your family. But I think that has to do with how people are, you know? And again, I still stand by what I just said. You chose you. I didn't get to choose some of my family. Yeah, and they didn't get to choose me either. <laughs> Let's just be fair, right? Yeah. And do it both sides. So I think that when you have family that you choose, you have the opportunity to make a I'm trying to be careful here, but I have to just be straight. When you get to choose your family, you choose better. Mm -hmm. When you don't, these are just the people you are, by definition, stuck with. And some of us are so lucky and blessed to have family that we yeah. are blessed to have. I mean, I have family that I am blessed to have. Yeah. My brothers and my sisters, they're, I'm lucky that they are amazing humans. My aunts and my uncles are amazing humans. Um, the people I grew up with are amazing humans. That... I, was, I had the ability to have that. Not everybody has that. And we're going to talk about this other, but I, I, the family I grew up with is the family I'm referring to. Not because the family I didn't grow up with isn't wonderful, but we will eventually have a conversation about the differences between my two families. But when I was referring to my family, I was referring to the one I grew up with in this particular sentence. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to get into the dynamics of my family today because, as we said, it's going to be family day. <laughs> And, oh, I keep it positive. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about family day for me, and I'm going to take it down a bit and then bring it back up, um, there's been a lot. Mare and I and her siblings have been through a lot. And we haven't always enjoyed holidays for various reasons that, again, we're not going to play with that today. Mm -hmm. But for various reasons, we didn't get to enjoy holidays. And so family day is a new holiday in Canada. It is fairly young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and because it's so young, people, I do, well, I mean, people are enjoying it, of course, but people are learning how to do Family Day and mm -hmm. what do you do on Family Day and all of those different things. 
And so I know for us, we've done some things on family day, but not as much as we'd like to do on family day. And every new holiday, we've just building more of what we do on this day. Mm -hmm. And so for me, family day will be a wonderful time of us hanging out. We told you guys we are definitely a Sims family. Um, and Ontario was introduced in 2008, but Alberta has done it since 1990. And I think people would have a guest. Yeah. Yeah, well, in Ontario, it's been since 2008, you said, yes, right? 2008. So 2008 was our first family day. So that was a really interesting time for us and our family, I would think, when I think about the years. So we definitely are doing family day new, but... We like to play The Sims, which clearly everyone cannot play. Yeah. But we also play a lot of other games. So yeah. I'm sure We're the family day... We're a big board day, game, yeah. card game family. We are a big board game, card Exploding game. Exploding Kittens. Exploding <gasps> Kittens is our game. We should play Exploding Kittens when we have the camera. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we should. Um, but yeah, like we, we play games, we do all those different things. So we're probably going to have a great family day doing that together. Mm -hmm. Because for us, um, that is an amazing way to spend our time together. We also play games on the online that mm -hmm. groups can play. Mm -hmm. So that's the fun that we have. What was that one that we played with the I can't remember the name of it, but we'll definitely find out and we will do it. Because mm -hmm. we love games. So I'm just looking forward because it's just a wonderful time together. Jack in the Box. So I'm looking forward to mm -hmm. that. Yes. Jack in the Box. I did well. <laughs> I love my Ross. You guys are haters. <laughs> My, my inventions were the best, and you guys all just don't understand my genius. My inventions? <laughs> Didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. My inventions were great. That's Speaking true. about, this is actually a perfect cutaway. Um, the baby's sick this week, and so he'll be chilling with us while we have this podcast moment. You might hear a little something. He is breastfeeding. Um... And you might hear that he's kicking things. He also might want some cheese, cheese or some apples. Apple. You might hear some words. Strawberry. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be a little... He's just going to be here, so we're just going to enjoy it. But know that nothing is going on while he is with us. Mm -hmm. Clearly, if he has to be with us, we're going to pause on some of the things that we usually do. But we are still going to talk to you guys, and we are still going to be eating. Um, I think one of the things that shows you guys just who we really are is that while we're doing our podcast, our life happens and our life goes on. Yeah. So this is part of our lives, you know. Um, you have to take life as it comes. Sometimes life isn't exactly how you plan. So right now, the baby's ill and he needs to be with mom. Yeah. So, babies and childbirth. Mm -hmm. This is what I really want to talk about. I want to get down to it. I know we said we'd keep it light, but I need to know because <laughs> I... <laughs> So many women have come to me about childbirth. I'm considering having a child soon, and I am terrified. I keep imagining the pain, and I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. But every pregnant woman is like, well, except for the last woman that we spoke to who had a baby 9 pounds and, what, 22 inches? 21 yeah, inches? Yeah, something, 20, 22 And 9 inches. days late? I, <laughs> I don't know, but she wasn't very happy about it. But uh, <laughs> I think... I really, I, I want to understand because I think she said she wouldn't do it again. Not because it hurt, but just because she doesn't want any more children, I'm guessing. No. She said she would never do it again. She also said she wants two more. 
That's fair. Okay, that's my question. My question that I don't understand is why do people want to keep having babies? Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll have one. You'll have one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's about it. I'll adopt after that. I Unless you want to have another child, it's up to you. But I'm pretty sure I'm only going to want to do one. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready for my... Um, lower area to expand to the size of a baby human I <laughs> I'm not ready for that and I know I'll never be ready for it that's what's making me want to go and do it and just get it over with but I'm just getting over with well I have to say well I've been through it um a lot of people say there's two schools of thought one school of thought says you never forget the pain that you were in yeah. while you're in labor Another school of thought says, thankfully, this is a larger school of thought, mm -hmm. thankfully, you do forget. You don't remember that pain. That's what and everyone tells me. Yeah, my mom always told me that. She honestly doesn't remember. She just remembers. That it hurt. Yeah. So for me, and I've been through labor. And now that I think about it, you know, even when I hurt my ankle, I remember that hurting so bad, but I don't remember how that hurt. The, yeah. the, the pain feels The pain like, of yeah. it, not being able to stand on it to that extent. I've twisted my ankle before, but I've never felt that pain ever again. I don't know what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been in labor a few times. A few. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember what that pain feels like. And I can honestly say that I've been in labor and felt the pain and thought, Right! <laughs> Damn! That's what it feels like because I did not remember. I know that it hurts, mm -hmm. but I do not remember the texture of the pain. I do know, however, that the pain is brutal, people. It is awful. It is a horrifying pain, definitely. But I think the mind is a wonderful thing that allows you to forget that that's what you went through and not to hold that. And having a baby, like, as soon as the baby, as soon as you push the baby out, the pain you are in, is something you almost instantaneously forget. And just to let you know, childbirth is not over when the baby's out. Mm -hmm. You still have to push out the placenta. They take the baby, they clean the baby, and you gotta push some more. So it's not that beautiful thing you see on TV where she's like, oh, my baby, and she's holding her baby, and that moment is a moment. But you still have some work to do, so it's not that simple. So you do, you do forget, though. As soon as your baby comes out, you think, I did it. And I think for me, that was one of the biggest things. I had my babies with no drugs. So, because I was more afraid of the needle than the pain. And when you accomplish that goal and you push the baby out, that moment of accomplishment is second to none. And the feeling of pain immediately evaporates from that moment because your body is so amazing that it says, oh, done, stop. And yes, you do have cramping afterwards. Breastfeeding causes cramping afterwards because your uterus has to go back to its original size. But you do feel that. So childbirth, I understand it was. It sounds scary. I won't lie, I was scared. And I won't lie, I think that I'm scared every time because I know that it was blinding pain. I just can't remember what it felt like. So who wants to go through that? But having a baby is so many more amazing things than that small sliver at the end of pregnancy, not even having a baby. That's just a small sliver in time. Mm -hmm. And yes, that sliver in time could last a long time. For my children with Mare, I went into labor on the 31st of December, and Mare was born on January 3rd. <laughs> Early morning, yes. No hard feelings, though. <laughs> Early morning, yes. That sounds yes. like something I'd do. But, but not... I'm ready to come, actually, never mind. 
Well, Mare was bored actually sleeping. I was so uh, terrified because she was sleeping and they didn't say anything when she was born and I was afraid because you're supposed to hear the baby crying and all of these things. It's very on brand though. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> I didn't know that then, but I know now. <laughs> Being on brand to be born sleeping, but didn't help me at all. Didn't even break her water. I had to do it all. Mm -hmm. But um, but with her, I end. handled that labor so well because I was always expecting it to get worse. Every pain I had, I said, you got to get through this because it's going to be worse soon. Mm -hmm. And by the time it was time to push, I was still expecting it to get much, much worse. And as a result of that, I got through that without the thought of, oh my gosh, this is awful, I'm going to hurt somebody. Because I just slept in between every contraction, waiting for it to get worse. So, all the way to the end. So, it's, it's not easy, but if you make a plan on ways how to handle it, and remember that you can actually do it. Don't do it. Yeah. I know I can do it. I'm not. Just don't get me wrong, people. It hurts like something that I can't even recall. That's how much it hurt. It hurts so bad my brain has blocked it out. But you can do it. And at the end of it, you get this cute little person. <laughs> and then eventually they grow up and they become teenagers. and that, those See, are the good part is that when you have a baby, they're still very quiet. <laughs> Newborns don't make a lot of noise. Yeah. They just came out. They're sleeping a lot. It allows you to fall in love mm -hmm. and not have to worry about the fact that when you bring them home and they start screaming. Yeah, and then it turns into they scream if you sit down, so you have to keep standing up to put them to sleep. Yeah, or yeah. they scream because they're teenagers and they're just torturing you. Mm, yeah, it just evolves. Honestly, I keep thinking about that too. I'm not it ready just for gets teenagers. worse. <laughs> well, I always tell Mary that when I had her. <coughs> I thought I was having a baby. I never even imagined her five, never mind a teenager or in her 20s. I never did that. I just said I'm having a baby and I was focused to ensuring that that was the good thing that I did, that I did that properly. And I was into all kinds of things when she when I was pregnant with her, doing all these different things. and mm -hmm. Even labor, no, no drugs, no nothing. And at the time that I had Mare, having no drugs and having a baby was a big deal. I think that's another thing when talking about childbirth, mm -hmm. your birth plan and being able to stick to that. You know, I'm not knocking anyone who does any type of interventions and the things that people want to do. What I'm speaking to is people who have a birth plan. And if your birth plan is five centimeters epidural, and I'm going to sit there and coast and do this and that and that, and I'm going to have this music playing, and I'm going to have these people in the room, it's very important. When I had Mare, um, I was younger, I was 20, and I didn't look 20. So people thought I was younger, and no one wanted to take what I was saying seriously, that I didn't want any drugs. And so every time my nurse would come and check on me, she would ask me again if I want the epidural, every single time. When I was about to push, or when I got to about 8 centimeters, she said, you know it's getting too late for an epidural. And I don't think that, I don't even remember the nurses for real, because they were just so absent and so difficult so you've never because had they couldn't. An no. Oh yes, I've had an epidural, but for different reasons. Yeah. And that's Would what we'll talk about. Would you say that it still six. hurts with an epidural? Yes, I can't lay on my stomach. Oh, you mean labor? Yeah. Oh no, you feel absolutely nothing. But I've never been in labor and had an epidural. I I have a different question. So I've never that... pushed out a baby and had an epidural. Oh, had an epidural okay. because I was having a C-section, mm -hmm. not because I was in, in pushing out a baby. Mm -hmm. Yes. My, I don't think we're going to leave this in, but 
um, because it requires more research, it might be something worth talking about some other time, mm -hmm. but people say that the, like, sitting, or, like, the half laying up with your legs, like, you know how you see it in the, in the yes. movies, mm -hmm. that that is actually not the way you should be no. sitting? it's not. Squatting is the best way. Yeah. That's why people do water birth, too, because that way they can move around well, easier. Well, water birth, people are still laying on their backs, It's but it's about the buoyancy, which yeah. is a difference. No, but some people, that's what I'm saying, like, you yes. either have that, up. and then other people stand and they actually yes. do squat. and that is the best way, yeah. because at the end of the day, gravity is helping you, whether you feel it or not, it yeah. keeps your feet on the ground. Gravity helps you, like, I know with the baby girl, I was standing. Yeah. And, it's, and when I was, like, I stood and started to push her out, and they were like, oh my god, she can have the baby. And our world is not equipped to be non-traditional, first of all. Yeah. Even though childbirth standing is actually traditional, what we're doing mm -hmm. now is non-traditional. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not prepared to set up how it is, needs to be set up. Mm -hmm. There's much more con controlled. But they, the way that they made that bed, they can easily make that bed tilt forward yeah. and have everything that you do in front, underneath, mm -hmm. and it could be better. But I know for me, I've had many children. I've pushed in many positions. And standing up squatting is the best one. It helps. It doesn't make the pain go away. Let's not mm -hmm. be silly. Mm -hmm. Okay? But nothing will. That's not the point. It's just... Yeah. But helping the baby come out and yeah. helping things happen and helping things progress. One of the biggest things when you're in labor is to walk. Yeah. I have a friend who felt she was in labor. She walked for over an hour in order to speed up her labor. That mm -hmm. works as well. Not yeah. for everyone. Because everyone is different. But... As a general. Yeah, role. my mom always told me she had to walk up and down the stairs of the hospital yeah. at 3 a.m. Yeah, because yeah. walking is a very big thing. And it's hard to walk in our society because yeah. they you have a ivy pole and, and you're not allowed to leave the floor. and you're, mm -hmm. All these things that we condition, consider now traditional yeah. are so non-traditional in the concept of childbirth. Mm -hmm. But for me and all of my labors, after I had Mare and her older brother... I decided that my labor was going to be different. I wanted to have a home labor, but a home birth, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So, couldn't because I didn't know how to set it up. And in those times, setting it up was difficult. Yeah. And I had already had two children with no drugs, and the way that nurses treat you, mm -hmm. the way that they treat you, they keep asking. Nowadays, it's a little bit different, but with Mayor and her older brother, it was constant. So when I had... Her younger brother, my third child, I didn't do that. I stayed home the whole time. I went to the hospital. He was born 10 minutes later. And he was only born 10 minutes later because I had to hold him in a bit because my doctor couldn't, didn't get there as quickly. But that's the only reason why. He was born 10 minutes later because I stayed home until I was 10 centimeters to ensure that I had the birth I wanted to have. And that brings me back to what I was telling everyone. Today, you can do more. There are birthing, birthing centers, there are home births, there's hospital births, that you can go to a hospital that you know can do the types of birth that you want. You deserve to have that experience the way you want because it is just beautiful. It is a beautiful experience that you deserve to have a good memory about. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. Like I have friends who have horrible birth memories. Mm -hmm. And that's so sad because I have a friend, she has one child and she talks to me about her birth experience. And I always tell her, you can have another one. You can have a different birth experience. It does not have to define it. Yeah. I think having a baby during COVID must be very hard, too. Mm -hmm. 
you can't have all the people that you would want with you. And nobody right? can visit. And sometimes you can't even, like, at first when they started doing it, you couldn't even have your partner there. Yeah, you couldn't. Um, well, someone that I did my burlesque class with had a baby and she was pregnant. Um, it's so funny because when we started, she didn't look as pregnant and then it's... At the end. You know, because she... she it, it's so... Like, she got so pregnant and she mentioned it when she started. She's like, you guys don't know it yet, but by the time I do this show... I'm going to be really pregnant, and we're all just like, congratulations. But her, she actually, her partner couldn't come in, and she was like, I felt like I should hate it, but it was actually, like, the nurses were really nice about it, they were, like, everyone was pretty good. Mm -hmm. It was just the fact that I really wanted my partner to be there for my last child, and, like, that must be... That's hard. Yeah. Nurses are amazing, though, I think we have to mention that. Nurses are amazing. Yeah, I have had, as I, do, as I said, I don't remember the ones I had with Mayor. But that also was a long time ago. Um, but I've had nurses since then with my other births that were phenomenal. The nurse I had with my sixth child, I wish I could speak to her today mm -hmm. and tell her thank you. Because she, beyond the fact that she saved my life, she was phenomenal. The nurses I had in the hospital when I was having my eighth child, because I was in the hospital for months, those nurses were amazing people. And I can't thank them because of COVID. I can't go back there because of COVID. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing. And I have to say that nurses that work... Not, um, believe me, I've been in the hospital for other reasons. So nurses are amazing. Mm -hmm. But the nurses I have experienced in the maternity ward are just amazing human beings. Yeah. They really are. What they do and how they're able to comfort and do things, they're just phenomenal in their skill. Mm -hmm. But yeah. That's my digression from the concept of childbirth, as we were saying, right? I know that people are afraid of childbirth. I always make the joke that it's so much easier putting them in than taking them out. <laughs> um, but, or so much more fun, rather, yeah. putting them in than taking them out. And I know some people have different ways of doing that, so no offense to anyone. Um, but in that understanding, I think that even though you're afraid, you will get through it. And fortunately, unfortunately, no matter how afraid you are, it's the only way they come out, they so suck it up, buttercup, because yeah. you got to strap it on and get on this ride, because yeah. it's coming. There's no way to get around it. There really isn't. The baby's sleeping. Um, yeah, okay, well, I mean, that did answer a lot of my questions, like, and it, it, it helped my fear a little bit, but I think it's just something you have to experience as well. It is, but I don't think that fear ever goes away. I have to say that every time I've gotten pregnant, I've given thought to the end. So the fear never goes away, okay. but the confidence that you can get through it, well, that will grow. Okay. Exactly for me, even I'll though I was afraid of the pain, I knew that I'd be able day. to do it. But see, I don't think that labor is a deterrent. Because children are so amazing. That is what you're willing to do in order to accomplish that goal. That's true. I think it is a trend for some people. But I also want to note that I don't have eight kids because I thought that, hey, labor was a breeze. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not the reason why I have eight children. Just want that to be noted. You did it once, you can do it more times. No, that wasn't, the, it wasn't, the, it wasn't what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Just for a side note. <laughs> I, don't, I can't have eight kids. I, I genuinely can't do that to my life. I don't know what you're doing or how you did it. <laughs> I can't have that many kids. I I don't have the personality. I'm not equipped enough 
I have a lot of siblings and I love them dearly, but after doing that with them, <laughs> never, I'm never having this many people in my house again. No. Family reunions, birthdays, fine. Come over, have some fun, but my siblings, they know. We go out two by two. We, they met Sabrina two by two. No, that's a lie. That's true. That's a lie. I met her then two youngest brothers. Two by two. That's true. But then you were like, oh, it's my other brother's graduation. Let's go meet the rest of my family. Yeah, but that was because I... That was because they were just there. Usually I meet everyone two by two and just as good as I What do you think? I've never really eaten pastrami. Sorry, the pastrami, it's delicious. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just delicious. This one? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's nice, it's peppery. Mm -hmm. Do you want something lunch? <laughs> They're eating without me, I have to wake up. Well, yeah. Now we're talking about, like, we went through childbirth and how that kind of affects, like, how that affects you and, like, what that means. And I just think only, like, the difference of me saying, like, do you want a big family? Because for me, I say... After having so many siblings, I know better. Well, I know how crazy the house can get, and I don't want that because I I can't do that again. Well, you know, I had Especially a very <laughs> I had a very different experience being an only child, and then eventually, you know, it just being my mom and I rather mm -hmm. than like with a dad or siblings. Mm -hmm. um, and you also know that I never like. My my vision always only really went to the end of high school, and then I knew I was going to do work and travel to Canada, or Australia, it ended up being Canada. <laughs> um, and then I didn't really have any idea of what my life, what I want my life to look like after that. And another thing, like, beyond the fact that I don't have siblings... I also didn't really ever see another child grow up um, because the closest um, the closest cousin that I had for a long time is uh, about five months yeah five months younger than me and then I had two more younger cousins but I didn't like they weren't part of like an everyday life I saw them for the holidays or birthdays and stuff so I never really saw a child grow up and I think now seeing Mir's younger brother um just like the little things like he went from not saying anything to saying ball and now he's even saying basketball mm -hmm. and just seeing those little things the the excitement for you know we couldn't he took he, he had taken his first steps and we had seen him walk but we could never get it on camera because as soon as we started recording him he would just sit down um and like those kinds of little things mm -hmm. I never really thought about when and it now came he's just walking yeah, yeah um walks. But seeing it and also getting to experience a bigger family, like, with sibling-type people around, um, has made me want 
my child to have more, like, to have at least one sibling. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that would have significantly, of course, would have significantly changed my life, but, like, for the better in most ways, I like to think. Um, but it definitely solidified that I do want to have children, and yeah. I want to have a family, and I also want to, I want the house to be a little bit more open than what I had when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I do want people to know that they, like, certain people, of course, not anyone, but certain people that they can have a key to my house, and if they, you know, want to come hang out, then they don't have to call and schedule yeah. two hours, three weeks in advance, you know? <laughs> um, it, it wasn't that extreme, but, like, we didn't have an open house when I was growing up. Like, it was more like, oh, well, you know, who so-and-so is coming tomorrow night. Like, mm-hmm. you knew in advance if someone was coming over. Um, and, yeah. But I definitely do want kids and I think a big family doesn't just have to be like your core family if you will yeah it'll be a lot more around there I know for me I think I have a very interesting experience because Mayor has an experience where she grew up with a whole bunch of siblings in her house you know mom just kept bringing this new little person over and there's this new person who's living here Um, (laughs) who are you (laughs) I'm an only child with a lot of siblings yeah. That's what I thought. One of my, well, one of um, baby girls said that once too. She's like, she came home from school one day and there was something on the bed. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, it's your little brother. You know, but she never really said, what is that? But she was questioning, you know, what the heck happened. Um, but the thing about it for me is that I was an only child with siblings. I was the only child in my house but I had several siblings. Mm-hmm. So I got to experience both things, if you will. But And I had cousins that I frequently saw. We spent our summers together. Even though I was an only child, never felt like an only child because of my siblings and because of my cousins, but also at the end of the day when I came home from school, I was alone. Outside of the weekend, I was alone. So I got to have both experiences. And for me, I wanted to have my family. That's what I wanted. A family of my own, of people who looked like me. Um, that was really a big deal for me, people who looked like me. So I I can understand, you know, the concept of the craziness of having a lot of people in your home. But there's times when it is crazy and I need the bathroom, but it's my turn. You touched my this, you touched my that. And those moments, for me, aren't countered by playing exploding kittens in the living room and laughing, mm-hmm. playing you don't know Jack in the living room and laughing. Mm-hmm. Those moments, nothing beats that. And I know that as all of you grow, because I remember when you were all much smaller, when we had youngers, like the fact that everyone's just so much older now. Yeah, um, that's very different. Makes a very big difference as well to how everything is and what it was when everyone was younger. And you know, you had your three-year-old sister crying because your two-year-old sister was wearing pink. And, you know, you had your one-year-old brother. They're still like that. Or no, <laughs> pull it up a little bit more. Your four-year-old sister's crying because your three-year-old sister's wearing pink. Your, two, your, your one-year-old brother is crying because he doesn't really speak English yet, <laughs> but he was ups- he's upset at your two-year-old brother for doing probably nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? So all of these things were just more difficult, I think, is to get them through those first years. might have been hard for you watching me go through all of that. But I got through it, and now I look back, and I just remember the beautiful memories of all of it because we're here 
So I get, maybe you don't want to have eight. Mm -mm. But I hear what Sabrina's saying. There's something to be said for a child having people around them. Yeah. That they have regularly there. That teach them a lot of things. Because as much as, you know, you may have had all the different things, being around your siblings have taught you a great deal. Yeah, Conflict sure. resolution, um, <laughs> organization. You mean yelling until someone gives up and then you feel like you want and you do what you want anyways. Hey, conflict resolution. <laughs> Tolerance. Tolerance, learning how to get along with different people. Tolerance, learning how to say something a thousand times and it's never done. <laughs> That's called patience. That's yeah. also called resilience. <laughs> Being resilient, knowing that you can say something a thousand times and at the 1001, that person will still not listen to you. Exactly. That's also, you know, teaching your siblings to be reliable. You know, every single time, even though you said it 10,000 times, you know they're not going to do it. That's yeah, reliable. They're reliably not consistent. doing it. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's good. And, and for me, one of the biggest things that I always joke with my father about now and with my mom is um, they taught me many, many lessons when I was younger. Many lessons I didn't do, which is why they laugh at me when I complain about my children. And when I moved out into my own home, they observe me now and they say, you know, you, were, you didn't do it. We had to ask you so many times, but we see that you were listening because it is the lessons you are implementing in your children. And it's the way that you conduct your home. So even though they may not pretend they know right now, I believe that when they go out into the world, they're going to do those things that I have taught them. Yeah. And even though it's driving me nuts today, it will, they will exude that in their own lives, and that is my reward. And my greatest reward is that all my children want to have children who will do to them what they did to me, and I will get to be my parents and observe. No baby girl, she's not changing diapers. <laughs> no, she's not changing poopy diapers. Uh-uh. None at all? Uh-uh. Oh, I thought it was specifically the ones that mm -mm. smell like the Baby girl's gonna ones. have a nanny. <laughs> and you know what? That is a life goal. Her and her boyfriend, oh. He's gonna change the diaper. <laughs> and when he's not home, what is she going to do? Wait. Right. Nanny, she's going to set up her life so she has a nanny. Or she's going to remember that when she was 15 years old, she had this stupid thought <laughs> that she was going to have a baby and not change any poopy diapers. That may be what's next. Or she's going to remember that I changed her diapers and now it's her turn. No, I don't think that one's going to work. That <laughs> one I think will be lost on her. But she'll learn. She'll mature. I changed her diapers. I prefer changing boy diapers. I remember when I had your sisters, you were so into, can I help, can I help, can I do this, can mm -hmm. I change some diapers? I regret that. And, well, <laughs> and I was always like, no, you can't, you have to do Yeah, you, I remember that. By the six and seven, I was like, you can, practice, here, give it a try. <laughs> um, yeah, and even with this young number eight, I do change his diapers mostly, but I do like to share... But is I that do, what we're calling it? Yeah, sure. And also the, the concept is, is teaching. Um, it's not just always about, you know, maybe I'm busy right now, I can't do it. That does happen on occasion, mm -hmm. right? But generally I do change him. But I also think that it is important for children to learn. And as we're talking about child rearing and how children are reared, I learned how to change diapers on my dolls. Mm -hmm. Because in my family we couldn't actually touch a baby. Um, and there's certain things that was in my family that you couldn't do. And 
I, as a result, have changed that with my children. I wasn't allowed to go in the kitchen and cook. Mm -hmm. So I actually moved out with my infant child, not really knowing how to cook. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And learning how to cook through cookbooks and through Mayor's father, who was a chef and these different things. Which is so now interesting because Grandma lets me go in the kitchen. Yes. And not to cook, but... <laughs> no, but I used to go in the kitchen, but I couldn't cook. cook. I could go in the kitchen and warm up my food, but I wasn't allowed to cook. That's what I mean by going in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't allowed to watch her cook either because my place was not in the kitchen. With my children, however, I've changed that. I, I want you to watch. I want you to learn. I want you to cook. I need you to learn that skill. So I think that's also something, as Sabrina is talking about the fact that she was an only child, and as she's watched that, that experience has made her decide the difference she's going to have in her life. The experience of her doors not being, an, her house not being an open door where people could just come by. And the fact that she has decided that's going to make a change. I've done the same thing. I've decided that my children will learn how to cook. One of the things I always tell people is that my job is not to nurture my children into being children. It is to nurture them into being self-sustaining adults. And they have to learn how to do things. Mm -hmm. And so, as a result of that, I'm teaching them and I'm changing the different ways that child rearing looks for my family. Not because the way I was raised was wrong, but because I've chosen to do something different. I think a part of growing up is realizing that um, raising a child, there is there is wrong, but when I say this, I don't mean yes. like abuse or, but um, there's no wrong and there's no right. There is learning. Yes. And I think when you're doing it right, you are learning and they are learning. Yes. Um, when you're doing it wrong, it's usually no one is learning, but also well, there's abuse. Well, always learning. It's not a good thing. Well, no, because then there's abuse too, and that's just like, yeah, but that's what I mean. I know. So that's what I mean. I'm not saying that everything is perfect. I'm just saying this particular way that we're talking about, there is, when everyone is learning, I think that it is a healthy parenting um, Parenting is not a straight line. I know that. It's art. Yes. Also beautiful. There's also the concept of when Mare was younger, I, when I, okay, when I was younger, my parents, I had chores every Saturday and I hated it. Mm -hmm. I hated the chores when I was younger. So I, when I had my children, decided that I was going to do it all. Mm -hmm. And so I did it all. And I remember one time, two things, first thing. I remember one time, Mayor's brother told me that he thought that fairies came and cleaned his room while he was gone. <laughs> That's what he thought was going on when he was younger. I'm like, fairies? No, I'm not a fairy. <laughs> and I was cleaning your room. But um, the other thing was there was a, a parent that was one of Mayor's friends, Mayor's friend's mother. And she and I were speaking, and I was telling her I've got laundry to do, so I've got to go home and do my housework. And she said, you do their laundry? I said, yes, of course I do their laundry. They're children. She goes, listen, I have a stepladder for my child to be able to put in her laundry. I think at that time I want to give this child maybe eight years old. I want to. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, she said that she makes her children do laundry because they can do it. And she has to teach them how to do their laundry. And so she made their children do their own laundry. And I thought, that is awful. Oh, my God. Why would I ever? I'm their mother. It's my job to do everything. But one thing I think we have to learn as moms, and this is something, you know, we're taking back into the concept of, of having children and childbirth and all these things. Being a mother is something. And there's many different derivatives of mother. 
but one of those derivatives is not martyr. And for me at that time, I could have taught Mayor and her brother how to do laundry. I just had such an aversion to them doing anything for themselves because of my experience with my chores. So I had to learn over time, even as within my own parenting saga, to alter my behaviors as my children got older to be able to allow them to develop into others. So it's not always just about how you were parented, mm -hmm. but it's also how you parent your first child, your second child, in relation to your and that learning. whatever child. And the fact that you're learning, it's an experience. Which is why you'll most often see people, although like my best friend, her story is extremely different. You mostly see parents have very overprotective to non-protective with the siblings as you get older. But with her, it was actually the opposite because her mom, which happens to people too, um, you don't want your last child to leave. So you become overprotective of that child and she's the last child. And so she gets all the, where are well, you? Well, mom learns at over 10 time that they're PM, gone. she gets called, and we left at 9, and she's getting called. <laughs> and you're and in your like, 20s. Like, you're in your 20s. <laughs> and she's like, where are you? I told you I was going out. <laughs> but you it's learn great. over time. Like, when you're young, you don't, when the kids are young, you don't anticipate that they're going to leave. Um, and uh, then they do. And that might be hard for a parent. One of the things I remember when Mayor told me she wanted to go to Germany. And I said to her, I'm going to be honest with you, I do not want you to leave, but I did not teach you to sit in this nest. I taught, I taught you to fly. So go and fly. That's what I want you to do. Because I wanted her to understand that, well, yes, of course I don't want you to go anywhere, but you've got to live this life that I feel that I've taught you to live. And you've got to do it. And you've got to do it without fear because there's so many things that I did when I was younger with fear. That's another thing we're going to talk about one day, everyone. But we're going to pause for that one. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, but just living life in, in the fears of the things you're afraid of and all these different things. But I was just... It was important to me for that to happen. It's so funny because we're talking about family day. I don't even know where we went to here. No. <laughs> where we are, everyone. Okay, okay back to family day then. I'm um, sorry, that was... We got a little, a little uh, tangent there, but that's what this is all about, everyone. Um, we just develop our conversation and talk about this and talk about that, and that's the journey we want to take with y'all. We want to do it with you, but so back onto Family Day. Um, one thing that we can talk about is something that we kind of brought up um, in our introduction. In our introduction, what do you call your in-laws? I <laughs> think. I am never sure. Yeah. No, I don't think I'm sure either. And I know for me, like, yeah, I don't think, and I, I guess in this particular, I've had more in-laws than everyone in the room, but I, I think that for me, with Mayor's mother and father, I walked up to them and spoke with them. I did not call them anything. I referred to them, but I did not call them anything. And with mayor's father I would refer to his father as your dad and his mother as your mother I knew their names but I didn't do anything mm -hmm. now with my youngest son's family um, I call his mother mom and that makes it easier and she that she never said call her mom he told me that mm -hmm. At, in the beginning I don't even I didn't even know her name because he, he just said call her mom 
I said, what's her name? He said, just call her mom, and he left. Me with her. So, <laughs> um, our first meeting was him saying, Ma, here she is, and me having a conversation with him, and his, his, well, not with him, with his uncle, his uncle's girlfriend, his sister, and his mother. So, I just started calling her mom from then, and still referred to her in that fashion. Um, never called her anything else. So that was easier, but I think that it is difficult because you've got to know what happened. What do, you do you want more? To get up, no? Do you want no, more? This apple disappeared. He ate it. <laughs> he ate the apple. Doesn't change to disappear. Um, I think that what happens is that you really want people to tell you what to do because I know from a West Indian upbringing, um, anybody who is older than you, you address them as Miss and their name. Mm -hmm. So people would address me with miss. People addressed or auntie, but you wouldn't do that with your in-laws, so you would address them as miss. That's what you would do. Poop? You would never yeah. call them Did by their real you? name. You would never call them by their <laughs> real name. Because to call a person older than you by their only their first name is disrespectful. So you would always do it. You know, I, I have family members who are auntie whatever, cousin whatever, but they're definitely not their own name. Mm -hmm. So I think it is difficult to what do you call your in-laws because this is a person that you can't label the aunt or uncle or cousin. Mm -hmm. You've got to do something different. And so what do you say? And so in essence, you know, a lot of people just, you know, say nothing. That's fair. Just avoid saying it. What were you going to say, Mayor? Um, I don't know. About in-laws and what would you call them? Oh, what I would call them? Um, I think I also avoid it. Um, I think I call your mom by her name often. Mm -hmm. um, but Do you call her by her name, though, like, to her face? No, I don't. I don't. Um, I usually, usually it's like, oh, um, Sabrina's mom, you know. <laughs> like, it's, like, really awkward, because I'm like... Yeah. Sabrina's mom, I have to say her name because you don't know her name, so now I have to say it. But I would, I don't, I like, I would never go up to her and be like, hey, <laughs> like, you know, I. And that's just because of how I you're feel raised. feel like it seems everyone, rude. Because everyone had a name. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so funny because Mare refers to her aunt, to me, as Auntie So and so. But yet when she speaks to her, she calls her by her name. It's so interesting. My uncle this person and my auntie this person and then when I speak to him I'm like hey and it's so funny because I think she gets insulted <laughs> um one time she was like hey say auntie and I, it's not on purpose I just because that is who it is but you also learn different did different and she and does deserve all the my, title yeah right? and I do call her that but then you've got but see I think for I think for Mayor most of my sisters she refers to them that, like, it's not disrespect because she refers to all of her aunties to me with auntie as a prefix. Mm -hmm. But when she speaks to them, she has certain aunties who are like, excuse you, don't call me auntie, just call me so. Mm -hmm. And so she has that duality. Um, she has that with her uncles as well. Yeah, I don't have many Mayor uncles. has an uncle who's younger than her. Yeah, which is why I don't call him uncle, he's my cousin. But yeah, I just think, I think that's, that's what it is. I think that when you... I think it's not disrespect, but from in the, our Caribbean culture, it is disrespectful to call someone by their first name. And um, even with Sabrina entering our family, 
I had an aversion to the children calling her by her first name. An aversion inside of me, not an aversion outside of me. But I could, every time it was said, I would feel it because in our family they were supposed to add miss to the beginning. Mm -hmm. But it's a, mo it's a moment, or it's a term of respect. But respect is not lost by calling someone by their first name. And I think that what generations do is sometimes change things, not out of disrespect, but just for simply the better and understanding and making things a little bit easier sometimes uh, for some. I know that a lot of my children were thoroughly confused that their aunties weren't their aunties and their uncles weren't their uncles. Mm -hmm. yeah. And having to explain to people that that's my auntie, but it's not my mother's sister, it's not my mother's brother. Yeah. You know, because they didn't, they didn't grow up in a world like that. If they grew up in the West Indies, it wouldn't be weird. Everyone in the West Indies experiences that. <laughs> that's too. <laughs> don't think you realize that. Cracker. I don't know. This is gonna spill goose. Okay. <laughs> I think for my family, I honestly have no idea if that's like a typical thing or not. But I think I call, or I used to, not anymore actually, I used to call my aunts and uncles. To other people, I would say this is my aunt so and so and my uncle so and so. But to their face, my parents always called them by their first name. So you always and called so them by their first I. name. That's the thing. We learned that. So like, yeah, but it's now, so hard to right do now, the I wouldn't say aunt so and so to you. I would mm -hmm. say their name because I know yeah. you know who they are. So it was the purpose. It didn't have anything to do with respect. It was more so. Oh, so you know who this person is to me because that's relevant information because of the story I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, with people that I know, that's why whenever I say, oh, my cousin this and that, to, to my friends, because she's the same age as me, um, so they knew her, we went to the same school, and, and I would always be cousin so-and-so, and I was like, oh, wait, you know who this is, you know her, mm -hmm. um, because it, it wasn't necessary information anymore so the only reason why aunt and uncle or cousin or so on and so forth would have been added would be just because the information is relevant that that is who they are to you and you know what's so funny about that is that my friends always complain to me because when I refer to anybody anybody period I'm like my sister my daughter my brother my aunt my uncle and my friends are always like which one yeah because when I say that, I can see that person in my mind, and obviously I know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? But my friends are always like, oh my goodness, could you please tell me who you're referring to? Because I don't know. So I find that interesting that you say that, you know, mm -hmm. that you just eliminate those titles eventually because the person you know knows who they're speaking of. Mm -hmm. Whereas I need the titles because, and names, actually, because mm -hmm. apparently I just skipped all that one altogether. I get it. <laughs> Well, that was that. Um, yeah, I think that was a great conversation. Everybody. Yeah, we, we know what we call our in-law. Oh wait, we never resolved that. <laughs> so we still don't know what to call our in-laws. But um, wait, at least no, we can let's, discuss let's how help we feel me about out with it. This. What would you like me to call you? Well, we know I'm Miss Felicia J. I mean, so that's what you'd like me to me call that. you. All right. Yeah, we're good with that. I'm gonna do that from now on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> Just so we also know that, anyways, this is this week's conversation with our charcuterie board and our lovely wine and mocktail. 
Or okay wine. <laughs> that was actually really good. I no, like honestly, um, the wine, it does need a little bit of breathing. This is a, honestly, it's a good mild wine. It's, you can sip on this. That sour flavor does go. Please let it air out. I know some people say that does nothing for a wine. Believe me, it, it does, does something for wine. It is a mild wine. I think you either like this or you won't. As I already expressed, it is not rich. It is not robust. But it is mild. It is so smooth. It's not so bad. And if you want to learn more about the food and the wine and everything else we had, then follow us on this podcast Instagram so you can see all the pretty pictures we take of our stock. And also for more information about the wine and the food in particular, follow Miss Felicia J on her Your Wine or Mine Instagram. For more information about the weed and other cannabis-related things and lifestyle-related things, follow Mare Maritoya on her YouTube, Instagram, and WeTube. And if you also want to learn more about the strain of weed we had and just about cannabis in general, you can follow me on my Instagram as well. That will all be linked down below. So, anything else anyone would like to say? I lost the mouse. Um, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this, actually. I really enjoyed the security board. Mm -hmm. um, the weed was a lighter... Sh like, it feels light on your head, so it's not too couch lockish. Um... But it didn't help with my munchies. <laughs> I was hungry. Yeah, it's a good feel. It feels great. I feel great. I'm just... I feel like this was a pretty good one. I actually really enjoyed the conversation. I feel like it flowed really nicely. For me, um, my final words, everyone. Miss Felicia J here. Um, this wine, actually, I could taste the fruitiness now. And while it is not rich, it is mild. It is smooth. And there is fruity flavors at the end of it, so definitely air it out. Aerate this wine for real. And the board, I absolutely love the board. It was delicious stuff. Um, the reason why we chose the board this week is because it's family day, and as a family, people can share groups. You can share this with someone else. You could share it with me, myself, and I. You can really enjoy um, this board and then just have a smorgasbord of different foods and it's just so delicious. It has a bit of everything that I think everyone would like. Yes, it really does. And last but not least, the mocktail. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, I just want to make another one right now. Me too. Um, and the food, when we, we all went to the store together, we went hungry, I think. Um, every one of us was hungry after our workout. And I was kind of like, even while we were putting it together, because Mira started putting the board together, um, and, and uh, Miss Felicia Day and I we were taking pictures of, um, you know, all, all the other stuff while she was doing that. But in the end, it, it really came together, and I'm really happy how it came together. Like, I didn't see it until we sat here and we started munching, and you just kind of got all the different flavors. The sweet, mm -hmm. the salty, the sour, even, like, the grapes are a little bit sour, and then the, the just the savory cheese. I, I didn't see it until we started eating, and it was honestly the best thing we could have made. Yeah, it's delicious. Thank you for sharing a meal, lighting up and clinking your glass with us, whether it's a glass of wine or a mocktail. If you try any of the things we tried this week, tag us on Instagram. We'd love to see how you're enjoying your Beaujolais Nouveau and your charcuterie boards, Blue Dream or Ginger Mojitos. Join the conversation by leaving a comment below. Thank you for listening. 
This was Drunk High and Sober, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for sharing a meal with us, guys. Uh, thank you for lighting up and drink, clinking your glass with us, uh, whether it's a glass of wine or a mocktail, of course. Uh, if you try any of the things we tried this week, tag us on Instagram, please. Um, we'd love to see how you're enjoying your Boujolet Nouveau, uh, charcuterie boards, Blue Dream, or ginger mocktails. Mojitos. Mojito mocktails. Sorry. Mojito mocktails? Uh, it's a mojito mocktail. Oh, a ginger mojito mocktail. <laughs> Join the conversation by leaving a comment below, guys, please. We love the interaction. Uh, thank you for listening. This was Drunk High and Silver, and we'll see you all next week.